Welcome to My Supernatural Vida. This is a podcast where I share the scriptures, breakthrough, healing, life lessons, and a bit of my favorite subject, the supernatural. I started this podcast because I knew that like me, there had to be others out there who thought that they might be crazy. Well, I'm here to tell you that you aren't crazy. You are supernatural. Let's be super together. We are here tonight with Abby, who is going to be sharing with us her journey with grief and her journey through inner healing. And I'm super excited. And we're just really going to have like a a nice conversation around this topic because I want to make it as light as possible because I know it's it can get a little heavy, right? Um, so you guys, most of you guys know who I am. I'm Maria Guajardo. I'm the host at My Supernatural Vida. This is a bilingual podcast um, where I am to share with you guys my journey through the supernatural. And um, recently I have introduced guest stars. And tonight our first guest star is Anna Abigail GR. And she's coming with us all the way from California to share with us her journey through grief and inner healing. As some of you uh, might have heard on my uh, last uh, live that I did, I aim to create a foundation of like healed hearts and like good theology um, before we dive into the supernatural things of our existence, right? Our life in union with Christ um, so that we're able to see and decipher what he's showing us through the lens of his love, through the lens of his heart. And so I think this is one of the things that, you know, uh, will help to get us there. So I hope we all take something away from what Abby's going to share with us today. And without further ado, Abby, please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, and, um, you know, share your journey with us. Hello. So my name is Anna Abigail, I like to say whatever you need in the room, that's what you can call me. Anna means favor, Abigail means God, the Father's joy, which I interpret as God's joy. So, <laughs> so whatever you need in the room. Um, and I am, I, I am a daughter. I'm a daughter of God. I love nature. I love coffee. I love people. I am married to an amazing Central America Salvadorian. Um, we've been married four years. Four years, four years. We've been married four years. And I I love I love talking about anything that can bring us closer to God and healing. I do I am a pet owner. I do I own my little pinky. I feel like she owns me, but we're just gonna say I own her. <laughs> and you know, that's what about me. And you know, to just kind of go into today's topic, like we're gonna be talking about grief and before I do that, Maria, I really do just want to honor you and thank you, thank, tell you thank you so much. Thank you so much for just providing the space to just talk about this topic, talk about what God has placed in my heart and just his testimony of how good he is. And um, I know this is just like the floor and the ceiling is so much higher and I can't wait to see all your guest stars that you're going to bring because you bring the fire. So <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned that because I almost forgot to say that. Um, when I I started thinking about um, about bringing guest stars for some reason, like your like your face kept coming up. And I was like, like, Lord, what are you trying to tell me with Abby? Right. And then I kept thinking, really, like grief, like, is that the thing, you know, and I'm like, because I remember you sharing about grief very briefly. Right. And uh, 
And I'm like, well, maybe it is, but let me ask. Right. So once I started getting into, uh, I, I reached out to you and you gave me a little bit about your testimony. I'm like, whoa, there it is. That's why the Lord kept bringing her up. And so, I mean, let's just, let's just, uh, dive into that and just, you know, um, let the Lord speak through you and guide you in, in tonight's conversation. Yeah. So, you know, I want to just, the reason I was introduced to grief without knowing since a very early age. I remember the first time I grieved was my cat. When I came back from the, um, my cat, like she had died. We had her for years and I just grieved and I didn't know I was grieving. I didn't know I was sad. I just remember being sad. And one of the memories that I have is like um, my great grandpa passed away and I remember that we were in a church crying, me and my little brother, right? And from there, there was this moment that everybody was trying to shut us up because we were crying without stopping because we were feeling the feelings, right? And I just remember my dad boldly just saying like, you know what, no, if they, if you want to want them to stop crying, I am going to have to leave with them too. And I remember that, you know, um, I just remember in that moment, like being like, what just happened but i love that in the moment my dad stepped up and said no they're gonna feel what they're feeling and they're gonna like move through it right and i i you know like as we will go on as i will share like my mom passed away about five years ago and that's how i got really introduced into grief and i and got words i gave i got words for the feelings that i had because a lot of the times we think that grief just means death just means somebody passed away. But it just means so much more than that. It, you know, you can grieve, like I said, you can grieve a cat passing away as a little kid. You can grieve your grandpa. You can grieve moving from a whole different country. You can grieve leaving a job. You can grieve a relationship that just ended that maybe it wasn't a good relationship, but you can still grieve that moment that you thought this would have gone X, Y, and Z, and it didn't. You just mentioned something that like um, clicked on me, um, moving to a whole nother country. And I, I know that this is popular um, in Latin American families where mm -hmm. we send the children off to the U.S. while a, another parent arranges things to go with them. But sometimes that never happens, right? That never act, that union never actually fulfills itself. So that even that in itself is like, you know, imagine the loss of connection, like actual physical connection with someone like a child or a mother. And it's like, I know that there's a part of that, a little bit of that in your story as well of, you know, you being um, disconnected from, you know, you being sent over here. Uh, you're from uh, Honduras. Honduras. There you go. So um, I don't know if you're going to touch into that later, but that's something that too is, 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 hurtful it's painful right um and we see a lot of that even more now um that we're exposed to it through through media but yeah if you, if you don't mind sharing a bit about, about that yeah not at all so you know like um uh, before i do go more into it i did want to just share with you guys a few of the foundations that have helped me put words into things um i know that there's we you know we tend to think Grief is just death, right? But to me, it was so mind-blowing when I looked grief into in the Bible, and it had nothing to do with death. Like, it didn't mention death. 
whatsoever. So to me, that was so mind blowing because we just, you know, we just tend to think my father just died. I'm grieving, but in reality, there's so much more to it. So, you know, um, I am using blueletterblb.org, which is Blue Letter Bible, and I just put the word grief. And in the Hebrew word, it means makobi, which is pain and sorrow, physical and mental. And then sometimes um, makobi can also be feminine. And then you can read it in Isaiah 53.3. It talks about more of that. And then in the feminine version, it means anguish, affliction, grief, pain, and sorrow. I don't know about y'all, but I didn't find any death there. You can find grief, pain, and sorrow from anything that ends. Anything that ends, you know. And another one that really, uh, you know, another one that really helped me understand grief too is going to be Brené Brown. I love Brené Brown. Uh, Atlas of the Heart is one of her most latest uh, books, but she writes, "Grief often, grief is often thought as a process that includes many emotions, rather than a singular emotion." For a long time, we thought about the grief process in terms of a linear stages, but almost all the recent research actually refutes the idea that grief progress is predictable sequence sentences. A central process, and then Robert A. Namier said, a central process in grieving is the attempt to reaffirm or reconstruct a world of meaning that has been changed due to loss by loss. And, you know, I just, I really want to, I really do want to just emphasize in that, that grief doesn't just mean death. And I know that, you know, for me, in my case, where I'm going to be sharing with you guys, it has a lot to do with the grieving of my mom and the grieving of my childhood, which we'll touch on later. But it can also mean a grieving of a relationship. It can also mean a grieving of ending a job. It can mean a grieving of a layover. It, not layover, but layoffs. And it can mean layovers too, because sometimes they really suck. And it can also be... <laughs> <laughs> it can also be just grieving the idea of something that could have been. Yeah. And then, you know, I think you're muted. You're muted. <laughs> you're so good. You're like, I'm reading your line, your body language, but I don't hear you. I like <laughs> that is so good though. The the could have been. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I think that's something that a lot of us experience, especially when we start to um, really uh, catch on to the fact that we are living new lives in Christ, right? And although we know that he has like a thousand times, million percent better things for us, that, that's not even a real number, but like he's got an infinite amount of possibilities of greater things for us than what we had planned for ourselves before coming to know him. We still are grieving the the familiar part of what we thought we knew right mm -hmm. and it's like that in itself it's like it can get real um it can get sad you know because i've experienced that myself like i had all these plans lord and then you just came here and you crushed them all but in a good way you know <laughs> because as i go and i and i experience some more you know there's the there is um comfort in that that he's never let me down but sometimes you know i think there's a part of us that craves the familiar feeling, you know, and the making sense of this moment, which you said, Laird, I had never thought of it that way. It's like grieving is a process of trying to make sense or find meaning, you know, that's so mm -hmm. good. 
But anyway, continue. <laughs> yeah, no, and I love that you touched on that because, you know, a lot of the time, I'm just going to say this. Grieving, you being sad, you moving through these feelings does not mean that God loves you less or that you love God any less. Because I know, you know, me and Maria were having this conversation before, but we tend to say, you know, like, God, it's good. He is loving. He is caring. He has everything under control. I am in his hands. Yes, all things are true. But remember, we, we're spirit first. You know, we have our soul and we have our body. Our soul and body still process these things. So that does not mean that, you know, God is like, he's going to be mad. Like, you know, something that I took a lot of, like, um, something that I took a lot of, sheltering and respecting it was in David because if you read the peace homes David is mad a lot of the times he's like God where are you like what's going on what's this or what's that and God is not like how dare you David you don't love me he calls him the most beloved son you know like not his beloved son but the oh, most like, the person after his heart and yeah. I'm like if David can go to God with his big feelings why can't I man that's good Mm -hmm. That is, yeah, you're right. You read those Psalms and he is not having it. <laughs> I'm like, he is, yeah, you know, he's trying, like, my bones are crushed. <laughs> yeah, or he's trying to, like, go crush, like, go kill somebody. I'm like, David, let's take a, let's take a nap. Yes, <laughs> just take a nap, son. But you're right. If, if David can write, have a, the Psalms you know, attributed to him, a lot of them and have these type of emotions and God handled it, you know, then why not us? Right. Yeah. And I think religion tells us you can't go to God. If you're sad, if you're sad, you are. David was a gangster. David was a gangster. You know, I don't know if y'all saw that meme I shared the other day where it's like gentle parenting is for gentle kids. My kids is gangster. This is it. David was that gangster child. He is not having it. Yeah, but you know, like religion tells us that religion, and I think us, like, you know, speaking from more of a Latin American culture. We're told that the only being happy and only being a hard worker are good things. Everything else are bad. So that's why, and that's a whole other thing that maybe there would be another person that would know more about it. But that's the reason why, too, whenever it comes down to grief, we tend to not want to process these things because we think, man, I'm hurting. I can't tell nobody because our identity, right? Like this, this is going to show that I'm not strong. Your girl has been called strong her whole life. So when I didn't feel strong and when I felt vulnerable, I didn't want to show it because I did not want that to be taken away from me. And there's so much beauty when I let that go that I was just like, thank you, God. But it's knowing, knowing those things and making room for them to just process them and just knowing that at the end of the day, even if you're mad, even if you're sad, even if you're depressed, even if you're going through it, God still loves you. He still yeah. calls you chosen. He yeah. still has a place for you. And he's not mad. Because he's the loving you, father. That you mentioned religious teaches us these things, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's a reason why he left us a comforter, right? Yeah. We If we want to experience a comforter, and this, oh, goodness, this happened to me 
I mean, I heard him like this a couple months ago and I was going through some crazy stuff. And um, I realized that my my way of coping or my 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 mechanism of survival, I guess, is to escape. I have an escape escape mm -hmm. escapism mentality, which maybe a lot of us here do. Um, where you don't, instead of dealing with the problem or processing the thing, you go work out or you go eat or you go dive into a Netflix series so you don't have to deal with something that's escaping the reality of what is right now. And as I was walking out to the gym, I heard Holy Spirit say, if you want to experience the comforter, you can't escape. And I realized what I was doing. And that's the thing. If we don't realize that we have grief and that we're in hurt and pain and that we have something to process which a lot of times we do we, re we recognize the pain is real it's an affliction we feel it in the body we actually feel it and we want to get out of it because it's so uncomfortable right but if we don't sit with it for a little while and allow the comforter to step in and to actually do what the comforter does we're not going to experience that. We're not going to experience that part of him. And nobody comforts like Holy Spirit, right? Like just one truth can bring everything tumbling down. And so that is so, so good that you mentioned that. But my question to you is, at what point did you realize that you you needed to experience that part of God in your grief? And like you said, it's time for me to move into healing, I think for me, it was in the beginning of my grief journey. You know, my mom, we she is rested in Honduras. Like, that's where her body rests. Um, she is in Honduras. And when I came back, like, I firmly remember uh, calling my leader at that time. Like, because when my mom passed away, I had to make the decision to, you know, technically... I, I like my whole it was me, my brother, and my dad, and they all just looked at me to make the decision to help her transition. Oh. And I just remember that after walking out of the ICU, um, my my first thought was to call my leader, and I just told her I was like, "Listen, when I get back from Honduras, I'm gonna go into a very dark place, and I'm gonna need you to pull me out." And she wow. was, and you know, in that moment, I remember she was just like. She was like, don't worry, I got you. Like, if I ever see that, I, I will come for you. And, I, and you know, like, I was just, I was so grateful for that. I'm still so grateful for that because she did. She showed up for me in those moments. But for me, it was after I got back from Honduras, I went into a very dark place because I wasn't, I wasn't being myself, period. I was just, I had a lot of thoughts that were, that scared me. That scared me so much of what I could do to myself. So that's when I sought help. And that's when I started looking into therapy. And, you know, like that's whenever, like, you know, my whole life took a 180 when I just first sat in the, when I first just sat in the my therapist chair, you know, I will be, I'll be very transparent. I did go to therapy, you know, and I did, I was in therapy for almost three years, I think last year I finished therapy because I was, I felt like I was in such a dark place that I was, I didn't want to wake up. Like walking out of my house was so hard and it's just, it felt so hopeless. And in this season, like I dissociated so, so much that I can't, like, I can't, it was a blur to me. 
it was such it's such a blur to me that now that I'm coming into more of a heal place, I'm remembering things. But it was like it was just so hard. But you know, in the last day of of my mom, like being alive and her being able to speak and everything, she would always tell us like vamos para una mejor vida. We're going to a whole to a whole better life. Yeah, I think that's how you would translate it. And I remember that she would just came out of this phrase out of nowhere. And she kept telling us, I see us in this big house. And to me, I, 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 I know that was God comforting her in those moments, telling her like, Hey, I know that you're going to leave your kids and your husband, but I got them. Like, I know that was her and that was her vocalizing it to us and letting us know. So to me, like when I started seeking for help and looking for help, those were, um, those were the those were the things that I mainly remember. I remember just thinking, I, if I'm in this dark place, I can't go to that better life. I can't enjoy that house. So I I was so scared, you know, of what I could do to myself that I saw help and I what I knew was therapy. Like I had never been to a therapist in my life. But I just remember I called all the numbers that, you know, I had all the numbers that all the numbers I could find to call a therapist, I called till one day I found one. How did you um, pick your therapist? Was it important to you that your therapists have Christian principles or you just were like, I'm going to go with who will take me? You know, that's that's such a good question, Maria. So. Mm -hmm. I technically went with whoever took, like whoever took me. Like I, I not, I didn't ask any questions. Now, if you need help looking for a therapist, I got you. I ask what questions we can ask, what are red flags, whatever. <laughs> I got you. To reach out to me. Uh, but no, I got it. It's good, you know. Even in that, my therapist was not Christian. But I remember that one day I'm talking to her and I'm just, I'm because. My self-image, my trust in people, my vulnerability, everything was on the floor. And I just remember telling her that I wasn't worthy. And she looks at me and she looks, this woman who is not Christian looks at me and she tells me, Javi, I want to ask you one thing. And I said, yes. She was like, do you think the God that you've been talking to me about sees you that way? And I just looked at her and I was like, no. And she, and she just, with that question, I'm like, I was just like, God, this is you. <laughs> yeah. This is you, you know? And it's so beautiful because, too, like, one of the spirits of God is counsel. Yeah. Wherever we go, he will counsel and he will guide us. Because I prayed in it first, every first, like, time I would meet with my therapist and I would be like, Jesus, show up. Yeah. Isn't that, um? I might have the verse wrong, but it's like, um, Deep counsel lives within a man, but it but a man of understanding will draw it out, right? So you so it like it does take someone of understanding, right, to draw out what's already inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you're like a deep well holding on to that. So you know the answers to these things, but somebody of understanding is not gonna give you the answer, but it's they're gonna draw it out. Right. So it's that partnerships. And I think that, um, you know, like I always go back to this. If God can use a donkey to tell uh, <laughs> what's his face to turn around, right. Or to get it together. Like you can't use a counselor who, who is actually, you know, um, sometimes people have the heart of God. 
for other people, but they're, they're just have not met God yet. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? They're pre-believers, right? And God can use them too. You know, they have understanding and this is like some, an area where they're gifted in. Right. So, mm -hmm. um, that was a deep question. Y'all, she was like, look here, we're going to reel this girl back in. <laughs> yes. And I just remember looking at her, like she left me speechless and that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know what to answer to you because he doesn't like he calls me so many other things, but he doesn't call me unworthy. He doesn't call me unloved. He doesn't call me all those things. So that that's the mm -hmm. enemy, and I don't listen to his voice. Yeah, yeah, oh, goodness. So, can you share with us uh, what were the other? Th what was it that happened during that moment of grief that made you? begin your actual any inner healing journey because what I was reading from your outline like there was something that it uncovered for you it was almost like the uh reopening of a wound that maybe had not healed correctly right um do you want to share on that yeah of course so you know like one of the things that as I said you know when my therapist chair because you know like I don't want to shame church or my church or a church. I can talk about myself, right? But as a body, we're not training what to do with grief. We don't know what to do with grief. So it's hard for us to help a grieving person. And I'm saying we because there's so many times, too, that when I have a grieving person in front of me, I don't know what to do. Or sometimes I don't know what to say, right? And I, I love David Kessler. He's a very like known grief counselor because he says nobody's an expert of grief. We're just experts in our own grief. So for me, the person that like, you know, the person that really helped me in this journey was my therapist. I was with her for almost two years. And I remember that what like in that moment, what happened was that we were sitting down together and we were just like going, you know, we were sitting down together and we were like talking. And I remember telling her like, you know what? Like, I don't want to talk about my past. I already like asked for forgiveness. I have already forgiven everybody. I need to forgive me, forgive. I'm only here for grief. Right. And she just looked at me and said, okay, that's fine. So little by little, we started talking and, you know, as we kept talking, as we kept, you know, like giving her, giving me tools and everything, like something that I looked about was that, you know, like in my past, I have been molested twice. One as an eight-year-old girl, like an eight-year-old girl, and then as well as a teenager. So, and then as well, I was separated from my parents. Like my parents thought that we could have a better life here in the United States. So they brought us back. They brought us here to the United States, you know, and I thought that the well about my parents, I didn't know that was traumatic to me till recently where God like really pointed it out. And I was just like, whoa, like my mom passing away in grief was just a sherry on top. And, you know, like to me, like one of the things that I had to do was to just learn the foundations for my healing. So I had to learn how to do like, you know, do self-love boundaries, how to use a support system, how to create space for myself how to be okay with my feelings. Because if you know me, you know, I walk in joy. That's something that just happens. 
So anything that's outside of joy, I would always repress. I wouldn't want to show. Or if I was mad, I, I had a face that, hey, I'm okay, I'm happy. But I had to be okay letting all those feelings go out. And, you know, like another thing too that brought me into that realization is before my mom became ill, like we had a very rocky relationship. Like it was very rocky to the point that it was, I'll just leave it at that. It was very rocky. And I, and then through my healing journey, I had to learn to forgive her unhealed parts that hurt me so much, you know, and then also unhealed parts. Like her, her own unhealed parts. Like my yeah. life. But that's good though. Cause it's like, um, like coming to the understanding that she parented you through her wounds or she parented you through her own trauma. Right. And it's not dismissing what you went through. Right. Or what, what you received, but it's acknowledging that, um, if she'd been in a better place, she would have loved, you know, loved you different or, or raised you different, or maybe, you know, um, yeah, that is so, cause I'm a parent, you know what I mean? And I think about it, like, I wasn't always, you know, walking with the Lord. And even when I was, I still messed some things up, I'm sure. You know what I mean? And it's like, I have to go and address those things as they come up. Um, you know, because now I know, right? Like these are wounds, surface wounds that if I take care of it now that I've acknowledged it, my kids will have to go try to deal with it later, right? But it's so much, I'm still here. You know what I mean? In your in your place, she wasn't there. You couldn't go to her and tell her, um, or you know, talk talk it through with her. So that was, I think, that takes amazing and incredible strength to to do that. You know, that's amazing. Yeah, you know, and it's hard because too, like how you just mentioned, I have to forgive. And I remember being in my therapist chair. That I was actually, I was actually sitting here where we're at because at this point, like it was during the pandemic. And I just remember telling her, like, man, like, how can I forgive something? She hurt me so deep. And, and it was in that moment when I just knew she parent, she parented me. She guided me through the tools that she had and what she had. That's what was handed to her. And, you know, she and then I also grieved my mom not being able to be healed. My mom not being able to fully be that healed version of herself. And I remember it hurt me so much. It hurt me so much to think of that. But, you know, God is good. We know those promises where once we could enter heaven, we're restored. So I'm just holding on to those things. And it was, you know, it was very hard because it, it was like going into, you know, when I first walked into my therapist, when I first walked into that inner healing place, like, you know, I thought we were just going to talk about grief and that was it. But I had to dig deep. I had to go over being assaulted twice. I had to go over like, you know, like my parents not being there. I had to go over like so many things that I had within myself that I got really scared. And I was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this. And I remember there was um, a time that God like really really showed me like, you know, how Peace Psalms 91 4 says that he would wrap his arms around us and protect us. 
And in that moment, like he showed me that he is there with me in those moments. And it gave me courage to go because every time that I would get scared or every time we would go deeper into our therapy sessions, I would be scared and I would shut down. But soon as God gave me that revelation of knowing I'm there wrapping you and I'm there with you, oh, it changed. It changed because as soon as that little mind, that little thought wanted to enter my mind or wanted to enter inside of me, I would say, no, God is here with me. So you have to get through God to get to me. <laughs> That's right. You can't, you can't get through his strong defense. And that is so true. And I think I see it even like, uh, you know, just talking about it right now, like when we're in that deep um, place of healing and we're vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it, but we know we're, in his wing we're under the shadow of his wing right it's like i'm i'm at liberty to be vulnerable and raw and and um transparent and open because he's my defense right he's covering me right now while i do this like i don't know if this ever happened to you you know as a kid or or maybe you've done it for somebody where you're at the beach and you have to change and then like somebody with the big old beach towel is covering you while you change i see it like that like it's okay to be sensitive raw and like um uncomfortable for right now it's okay because you're covered inside this big bubble nobody can see you right and it's like i see it like that like the way it just you just gave me a new way to look at that right it's like you know we're little chicks you know, cuddled up under his, you know, his wing. And that is, is so beautiful that he showed it to you like that. Yeah. And it changed, it changed so much, you know, and then something that I think for me was very big too. It's, and it's, it's accepting that my dissociation, it's a cause of my trauma of being like, you know, assaulted twice and being like, you know, my parents being separated. And, and, you know, like one, like in this moment during these, like that part of healing, like that deep inner healing, I remember that it was such a beautiful place because I, I had to forgive myself for blaming myself because for so long I blamed myself or I pulled the finger to myself. You know, and I had to fully forgive myself. And I remember there was, you know, like darkness was just there and I was dissociating so heavy. And I just remember that one day God, it was like one. And I want to be very clear that God never left me. He was never, he he never left me, he has never left me. He has always been with me. It was just my heart and my mind was able to accept that he was there. And in that moment that it happened, I just remember that, you know, like it was, I got this impression of me just sitting down in this dark room and Jesus just coming to sit next to me. And that was it. Like he just came and sat next to me. And I just remember that, you know, like I was just like, after he showed me that I really invited him into that place. And for a long, like for a long time, I just kept keeping him away, you know, but I feel like it, like something that was so beautiful is that he didn't do nothing but sit with me. 
he didn't say darkness go darkness do this darkness do that oh, but you know what that makes a lot of sense because i've heard people say that whenever somebody that they know is grieving they don't know what to do except to just mm -hmm. be there and just sit there right like at this point i don't have anything that's gonna comfort you there's nothing i can say right now that's gonna you know help mm -hmm. but just my the presence of you being there that that's that's comfort, right? And that's God showing up through that person. But for, you know that you what you just shared that um, He was with you through it, and He just sometimes He just sat there with you. That's deeply comforting, you know. It is. It is, and that is the best thing you can do to a grieving person. Just sit there or ask them for permission if you can hug them. Uh, one of my sisters, like I remember she just like one day of a prayer, they had just went in front of the church. And I don't know how long we hugged, but that was like so comforting that she just hugged me. She didn't pray for me. She didn't do anything. She just hugged me. And my heart felt that comfort, felt that love. And it was so beautiful, you know? So if you have a grieving person in your life or if you are a grieving person, Ask somebody, be like, hey, can you just come and sit with me, right? If nobody's offering or if you just need a hug, go to somebody who you know you can trust and just say, I just need a hug. Or kids, kids are so good. Ask them, you know, like, be like, hey, can I get a hug? They will gladly give you a hug. And it's the most beautiful thing, you know. And I love, you know, like I now that I sit back and I have had these conversations with God, like I was like, God, like you really just sat there with me. And everything changed. And I was like, why? But it's because of who he is. He doesn't. He he is authority. So wherever he walks, whatever's not meant to be in that room, wherever. In that moment, I gave him my authority. In that moment, when I acknowledged him and said, okay, you can sit with me, he had my authority. So everything in the room had to change because he had my authority and he is the authority. So he didn't need to command anything to happen because that's who he is. He is light. So light walked into the room. He is peace. So peace walked into the room. He is joy. So joy walked into the room. And it was just like, it was such a beautiful place where, you know, like I was able to just witness that love of God in a way that I have never been able to. And it's interesting because you were, you know, at your lowest, most vulnerable moment. And that's when, you know, when he showed up and it's like, um, and, and that you were seeking the help and that you were seeking him. You just didn't know how or what, how he was going to show up. And that, that's important because like we mentioned earlier, sometimes we just want to gloss over it with religion or we want, I'm not saying that, you know, that our faith shouldn't pull it through and that we shouldn't, you know, lean on the rock, who, you know, who is Jesus. I'm not saying any of that, but what I'm saying is that we actually have to experience it and not just say it, you know what I mean? And so when he walked in, I feel like that tied the experience in, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because he walked into it and it's like, um, and I love just his faithfulness, you know what I mean? That, that, you didn't have to go on a fast. You didn't have to stay, you know, lay on your face for hours for him to show up. It was just the, the positioning of your heart. You know what I mean? To like, here I am like raw and vulnerable. I have nowhere else to go. This is, 
You know what I mean? So I think that's amazing. So, you know, if you're going through that, um, just know that there's, you know, like Abby said, it's like, there's, no, there's nothing that you have to do. It's just, you just have to acknowledge that he's always been there and that he's never left you, you know? And give him that invitation to just say, you are welcome here. You, you can come in because he's such a gentleman. Like in Revelation it says, I will knock at the door. So he knocks and waits for us to be able to answer. Yeah, come on. Yeah. That's so good. Um, tell me about a time during your healing journey when you realize like, okay, I think I'm healing. Like where you felt like, you know what, I'm not responding the way that I used to, or, um, uh, you know, I would typically escape, but now I'm facing or like, you know, just tell me about a time where you said, okay, it's worthy. It's worth it going through the journey of like, peeling these layers away and confronting, you know, my, my past and dealing with all that, you know? Yeah. I think for me, it was like, um, I think it was very like towards the middle of my therapy journey where I was, you know, and my mom passed away on the 21st of November, 2018. Mm -hmm. So every 21st without me knowing like in the beginnings of the 21st, like I was shut down. Mm. I was shut down, like to the point where I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't thinking about anything. And it wasn't until like, you know, I, I started noticing and knowing that I was healing when the 21st, um, when the 21st wasn't, wasn't hurting me anymore or I could do things. I was like, oh, we're we're moving forward. And that didn't mean that, you know, and I think a lot of the times in grief, we think that if, at least for me, I could use me. Um, I thought that if I was going to stop grieving, that I would stop loving my mom. That oh, meant that wow. was gone. That meant that she would never be here. But that was such a lie because yeah. David Kessler says this, and I'm always going to call David Kessler and Brandon Brown because they're both that would be so much. Uh, but he says, you know, we grieve so hard because we love so deeply. So I remember when that when he said that, like, I that quote stay with me because every time I grieve so hard, I was like, it's because I loved her. I love her so yeah. deeply. Yeah. I love her so deeply. And I think for me, it was um, it was in a time where we were. You know, I think for me, like where I knew that I was really healing, it was that. And then two, where I could let people in because mm -hmm. for a very long time, I wasn't letting people in. You know, that's another part. When you've been through what you've been through, right, where, you know, you experienced the, the abuse as a child um, and then you were separated it creates, and that's for going for anybody listening that might have experienced this. And I, I've experienced in a different degree, the same thing where you begin to believe that you're your own protector. Yeah. Right. That you have to protect is self-preservation, self-protection. So we put up these walls, right? And so, you know, unfortunately when we do that, we also put up a wall between us and the communication that we have with the Lord and what he wants to do for us. So we're not hearing him correctly in those areas. Um, and, and we have, we become like this echo of our own thoughts. Right. And so I think that is, um, that is another thing is what you were saying that, 
you know, you hadn't been letting people in for such a long time. So you might not actually see the wall. You might not actually see the effects of you haven't been self-protecting until you realize that you're not doing it anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm actually opening up to people. I'm letting people share with me and I'm letting myself feel with these people, you know, like, um, so yeah, share more about that. Yeah. You know, and then it's crazy because soon as that moment came where I started, you know, through my therapy, like how I shared in the beginning is that, you know, my, uh, we built what we call the foundation. Like my therapist would always tell me, we're building a foundation for you to be able to grow more. Like I'm just giving you tools. She would always tell me, these are tools for you to use them. And I would be like, okay. So in that, I had to learn that it was okay to ask for help. I had to learn that it was okay to say no, because I would say yes to everything. (laughs) Everything I would say yes to. And I had to learn all these things. And in that season, like, soon as I started letting people in, soon as I started being vulnerable, soon as I started letting God in, into the most deepest and scariest versions of me, everything changed. He fully honored that. Like, he fully honored that to the point where, you know, more community wanted to come towards me. Like I was open to finding community and I was, you know, like I got during that time too, it's like where like, you know, like um, it was, it, it's like, I feel like I was asking God that I wanted to be seen. And he was like, I see you, I see you. And he took me through that process of being like, I want to be seen, God. And God was like, but I see you. I do see you. And it wasn't until I captivate, I kept like, agarré eso en mi cabeza. Like, I grabbed that in my head. Like, those thoughts that he does see me, he is with me. That everything else changed where, you know, like, that's when I got introduced to, like, Jake. You know, that's when I got introduced to, like, everybody and then it was amazing because i have never had this happen to me where somebody sees my potential before i do and they're like i want to i want to partner up with you and i want to offer you help and i want to be i want to offer you this because i see your potential and i see you and that to me was so mind blowing because for so long i was praying to god to see me hear me talk to me i want you and god was like girl i've been doing this this whole time but let me show you physically <laughs> that is that is actually so good because it took you i love the way the route he took right Cause he was like, I see you. So it was like, he wanted to bring you in again into awareness that he was seeing you for you to acknowledge that he sees you before other people do. Right. Yeah. And I think that helps us when we're going through that to be able to see ourselves for our true value and worth. Cause we see how he sees it. So it's like, he created that between you guys. Like I see you. Right. And that you can learn to see yourself. And then I think when you step out, then he allows other people to see you, right? It's not like, um, it's more, well, again, we come to the acknowledgement that other people can see us, but it comes together with the being able to put the walls down, right? You know, because you're not showing up with a facade everywhere that you're going. You're showing up authentically, right? Because you say, you know, God sees me. He knows who I am. He knows what I've been through. He knows how ugly I can be. And he still doesn't turn away. 
You know what I mean? He's still here with me. So I can show up wherever I, I'm at authentically myself. And then those people, um, you know, who who are meant to be in your life or meant to uh, bring you up higher, they see you the way that he sees you and they can bring you along. And so I, but I just love the way he did. I, I see you. Yeah. Right? Like that's what's the most important. Cause then that means that we're showing up with him and for him and not for what other people will see. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not for them. It's for, it's, it's just for me to walk in identity. You know what I mean? So good. Yeah, and it was that. It was just that, you know, in that moment, it was it was God taking me into that season of just saying, I see you and I am here with you. And it was beautiful because in that, in that time, one of our videos. Oh, is it playing in the background? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is she doing? <laughs> uh, we're, commercial break. <laughs> awesome. yeah, we have a brain fart break. <laughs> I just want you to feel his presence where you're at. <laughs> oh my God. That's so funny. Yeah. Brain fart break. <laughs> I know, you know. So. And it's been a beautiful journey from there because I feel like after I allowed my vulnerability to show is where God was just like, here's everything. You know, he was just like, because I feel like, you know, like if God would have given me everything he has given me till this day when I wasn't allowing me to be my full self, I would have destroyed it. I would have known what to do with it and I would have not had the patience to just be like, you're showing me this and I want to do it now. Where now I'm just like, okay, God, you'll tell me when or you'll show me That's when. That's so good. And I just love the way that he did it, even though when I was going through it was so hard. Now where I'm in this more healed version of myself, I could see that it was just perfectly the way that God intended it to be. And it's beautiful to see and sit back and just be like, God, like, thank you for it, you know? And I, um, you know, I'm grateful for the connections I have had. And, you know, like, this is one of the things where it's like that inner healing took place in the intimacy with me and God, mm. you know, into the intimacy. Yeah where you know like it was more of like a conversation with him and mm. I wasn't more like you know because I wanna I just want to give us two that it's okay because you know a lot of the times when you are in this deep grieving space it's mm -hmm. hard to pray it's hard to worship it's yeah. hard to listen to a message it's hard to do all these things so a lot of the conversations that happened between me and God happened when I was walking my dog and I wasn't praying. I was just thinking. And he was answering me back. And I was thinking back. And I wasn't like, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. No, it was just like normal conversation how Maria and I are having a conversation. Yeah. He just shows up to walk the dog with you. <laughs> I walk my dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, my dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> you're uh thug nasty that's what she calls, she calls her dog, dog thug nasty if, not, if jesus can show up to walk 
Big Nasty or what's her name? If Jesus can show up to walk Doug Nasty with Abby, where can he go? (laughs) That's so funny. Oh my gosh. But that is that is truth right there because there's times where where I'm I'm just in the middle of a workout and he just drops a bomb on me and I'm like, whoa, I have to like I have to stop what I'm doing and write this down because this is like I, I want to forget this, right? But then you just never do. But it's like that's that's part of that union that we have mm-hmm. with him. When we're, I mean, we can't put a sheet of paper between him and us. You know what I mean? Like we're that tight. You know, say I'm working out, he's working out. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm getting gains, he's getting gains. We're, you know what I'm saying? Like. We're doing this together, right? So it's like, might as well talk. Might as well have a conversation and have that, um, you know, have those moments. But who knows us more intimately and deeply than he does, you know? What we went to sleep with last night, what were our thoughts, right? He knows that. And then he, he'll answer us in a dream or he'll answer us during, you know, while we're making the kids breakfast. He's like, you know, that thing that you're thinking about, I have an answer. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, what is it? But it's kind of like it's an invitation. It's always an invitation for more. Like he's, um, I mean, I don't know if you guys have had a different experience, but for me, it's like, it's a nudge. Okay, I'm ready, Lord. Okay, what is that? You know, and then I'll follow the crumbs, right? Or sometimes he'll just give it to me. And it's like, whoa, right? Um, But it's, are you ready for it? Right, I have something for you. Are you ready for it? You know, you want to talk? You want to receive it? It's like, yeah. And it's just that. Um, I mean, of course he knows that we do. Right. But it's, again, it's an invitation. Right. And, uh, it's up to us to take it, you know, to take that invitation. And I feel like everything that was happening during, you know, that time of grief and all everything that opened up for you during that time, you know, those deep emotions, um, they were all, they were all invitations into mm-hmm. healing and to wholeness right into into that uh zoe life that abundant life that he has for us that he died to give us you know what i mean they're all invitations and it's up for us to take them so you know if you're listening right now and and you have gone through a journey even if it's not the loss of a loved one uh, but it was you know the loss of a job the loss, loss of a relationship or you know a divorce or you know even uh, loss of autonomy I was reading about, right? Where you lost dependency on yourself where, you know, maybe you became handicapped, even if it was just momentarily. Um, that causes grief and it causes mm-hmm. sorrow and affliction and, you know, all that within us, right? And it's like during that moment that we're experiencing that pain for whatever type of grief you're going through, can you take the invitation to lean into that place of pain that he can walk in and heal it and touch it. And it's not glossing over it with prayers and worship and like trying to drown it out with, with um, scriptures that we don't sometimes even understand or know, but it's the actual experience of him coming through and touching us in those sensitive areas. Right. And speaking to us there. Um, can we take the invitation? Will we take the invitation into healing, even though, you know, it might hurt a little bit, right? But what's on the other side is wholeness. And it's being being able to see that time, that season in your life with, uh, you know, with joy again and say, you know what, I'm glad I went through that because of that. I'm here now. Right. And so, yeah, you have something on that? 
Yeah, no. And I think you're like spot on because it's like God always sees the, he is a redemptor, right? He died. And we're celebrating that this week, the redemption yeah. of the cross, right? Mm -hmm. He died. So in those moments when we are deep hurting, he's already looking at the restored version of us. Yeah. And he already is holding it. And all we have to do is let him in. So if you are in that season, if you are in that dark place, just take courage in knowing that all you need to do is accept them in. That's all. That's all. He will take care of the rest because you do not like you are not like one more fast away. You're not one more prayer away. One more. Uh, this person needs to lay their hands on me and pray for me so God can heal me. No. No. You can just put your own hands. Put mm -hmm. your and say God like I want to be healed and yeah. he is faithful and he is faithful and you know one of the main reasons why I say all of this is because in the beginning like when my mom got really sick this um, person came to my mom and in that moment like she took hope with her like in that moment like I think she thought she was helping but in that moment she took hope from her and for me, like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that she had taken hope from me. So one day that God revealed it to me in a dream. And I remember that. Though I, that's going to be, I need to know about that. I need to know how somebody can take hope from you. I think we all need to know. Share. Okay. I, I was just, I don't know if I get in there. <laughs> I don't know. But if you give me permission, Maria. <laughs> I give you permission, girl. I feel on that. I feel something there. Please do share how somebody can take hope from us. Because I think the people need to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, in that moment, this um, person came to pray because she was a woman of prayer and she was a healer and she was moving all these gifts. Right. And my mom was really, really, really sick at that point. Right. And this woman, it's like praying, she's like praying and she, in that moment, which I now know she felt a blockage, which she wasn't wrong, but the way she went about it, I'm, and I'm not shaming her. I'm not saying you did this wrong. You hurt this. It's just, Hence, I now where I have seen, I'm like, wait, you just took hope from me, you know, in that moment, like as she's praying, she looks back at the, at the woman who invited her and she, and I didn't know this woman. I didn't know who she was. I had nothing to do with her. It was my, one of my mom's long cousins who brought her out. I guess she asked my dad for permission. I had no idea who she is to this day. I don't even know this woman. I don't even think I will see ever again this woman. But she looks back and she tells she tells a lady and I'm next to the lady and she tells her she doesn't want to live anymore. She doesn't want to live anymore. She wants to die. She wants to die. So I can't do anything for her anymore. And in that moment, I just remember just sitting there and I just I must have given her one of my faces because like she just left after that. And I just looked at her and I, and in that moment I got mad. I got really mad. And that's when my hope had gone because to me, it was just like, this is what I have been saying this whole time. And you just said it. And maybe it may have been true that my mom had already given up, but you don't tell that to a family. Well, not just that, but it, again, I'm sorry, girl. You're good. <laughs> Jesus, but, 
we'll, we'll share that too. So you guys can know. Help me. But this goes back to the foundations that I sh- I've been talking about. Having our theology correct, our lenses clear and clean, and being able to see through the lens of God. How does God see things, right? Especially when we get on the bedside of people who are transitioning, right? Because come on, they're, we're eternal. I don't know if you heard about this, but we don't die. I mean, I don't know anybody else who can say they have eternal life, right? I mean, I, wh- why did, you know, why did God send his only son? So that they who believe in him would have eternal life. I, I already died. I'm ready to it. You know what I mean? I don't know who that is anymore. Uh, we're eternal. So the way that you steal hope, like this this lady did, was by letting death in. Mm-hmm. Giving, giving death a place that it, it didn't belong there. Mm-hmm. Where we would have said life. You know, it would have been like, you know, maybe maybe not say it in front of her, right? Talk to the family and it's like, make her transition, you know, easy, help her to transition into eternity. She's ready to meet her heavenly father face to face, like something else. Like, uh, well, she's ready to die. I mean, like, where's the hope in that? Right. (laughs) Oh, God in us, a hope of glory. Like he sure is. Yeah. Hope everywhere we go. That was not, (laughs) That's why I just say, like, she took hope with her that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Day. And the thing I want to say, too, it's like a year before everything happened with my mom, God had revealed it to me in a dream. And I had I had shared it. What happened? It's crazy that the next day it happens to be I never see my leader. Like, you know, I we obviously we see each other when we're like, hey, let's hang out whatever. But it's never like I'm going to see you next day without any plans. And I happened to go to her mom's without any plans. And I just sat there and I looked at her and I was like, let me tell you about this dream. This was before I even knew anything about dreams. Mm -hmm. And I just, God revealed step by, he even revealed to me that I was going to be the one making the decision to help my mom transition, you know, in that dream. Mm -hmm. So when this woman showed up, like I was like, I was mad because I was just like, she's not here to help her transition she's not here to help like she's uh, just here to hurt i knew it right and i but in that moment i was just as i was exhausted physically mentally yeah. spiritually like i wasn't just you know like i wasn't just dealing with my mom's death i was working a 48 hour strips as well taking care of the home taking care of my dad oh, taking care of mom so it wasn't just that so I had no fight in me. So I was just like, you know, I was just like, no, this like this can't be, you know. And and God is good. God is good and he is merciful. And like I, I like I say, you know, like when when these things break in the other side, God already has the restore section of us. Yeah. Now I see it that way, where you know, like he already has a restoration for me in this place. And it was through through a dream that I had last year, I think it was around this time or so, where my, you know, like in this dream, like I'm seeing my mom, like they're telling me that she's dead. They're telling me that she's dead. And I'm like, no, she's not dead. No, she's not dead. I'm being very adamant that she's not dead. 
And I see like, you know, it was a long dream. So I'll just fast forward. But I, in that moment, when I said, no, she's not dead. Um, she was under a lot of rocks and the rocks start moving and she moves to a whole new place. And I run to her. And when I run to her, like, you know, I see her jumping, trying to jump out of a place. And I see, I, I never saw her jump out of it, but I knew that she was okay. Mm-hmm. And in that moment when I woke up, I just remember sitting down and being like, whoa, mm-hmm. something just happened here. And after that, I just, I started crying, this cry. Like, I still have those recordings because I do voice recording for my mm-hmm. dreams. So mm-hmm. I was recording the dream and this cry just came over me that I couldn't move. I couldn't mm-hmm. talk. I couldn't do anything that just took over my whole body. And in that moment, mm-hmm. God was delivering me of that pain that I was carrying. He was delivering me mm-hmm. of feeling helpless, you know, feeling hopeless. He was delivering me of so many things that were inside of me that weren't mine to carry. He was just like, mm-hmm. and it was crazy because I, I, my body was shaking. Like, I didn't even know what to do. I was screaming. I thank God that none of my neighbors came to talk to see if I was okay. (laughs) (laughs) My poor dog was just laying next to me because she's like, 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 you know, my pee she's always next to me. She's right here. But it was like in that moment, God was just taking all these things out of me. And he told me, I'm giving you hope back. And I just started bawling. I started, that is amazing. I started bawling and I was just like, wow. And ever since that day, I have not felt in that dark space. Don't get me wrong. I still have hard days, like every single one of us, mm-hmm. where I just need to lean in. And But I haven't, like that deep anger that I had within me, it's gone. Mm-hmm. That deep sadness that was within me it's gone like my body I don't feel trapped I like can't move yeah. I can't well it was like he pulled you out of that oppression because I mean if yeah. like sorry because I'm a dream interpreter just like you are so I'm seeing where that was in that dream it's like that oppression that came over you through the grieving of your mother was kind of crushing you like 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 rocks. And then that's, you described earlier what grief was, right? It's pain, sorrow, physical and mental. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, um, it's an affliction. And it was like, he was, he took you out from under that. Right. And he, you know, like it was a parallel of like what you've experienced through, you know, your mom's laws, what you were seeing, but he showed you her to you. So you could see it that way. You know what I mean? And he, pulls you out of that but at the same time I kind of see it like him actually pulling something out of you as well you know that's that sorrow that ball of emotions that stuff everything that you suppressed during that time that you were not really experiencing the grief Mm -hmm. but you know I think every every moment every day is crucial when we're suppressing emotions because um there's uh, I could go into all that, but the suppression of emotions is only supposed to be temporary, right? It's only, you know what? I'm at work. I'm feeling like a really deep emotion moment, but when I get home, I'm going to let it out. But, you know, sometimes it goes from um, suppression to repression where it just never comes out. So I feel like he, he did that to you. Like he pulled it all out from you and, and brought that healing to you and you brought that deliverance to you. So I think that's amazing. It is. And I, and this is where I understood that healing is, it's, 
in intimacy. Healing is done in intimacy because nobody laid hands on me. No, I know people were praying for me. Like I know people were like in my favor and already saw like, you know, like saw what God saw too, you know, but in that moment, it was just that intimacy of God and I in the room. And I know that that's one big important thing where it comes down to making sure that we are intimate with God, however that looks for us. Mm. Not that you need to be reading the Bible, you need to be worshiping, which those are all tools, right? But however intimacy looks like with you and God is so important when you're grieving, when you're healing, because he needs to minister to you in sometimes places that maybe you're just not ready to let out to the whole world, but he's ready to let you out of it. Yeah, that's so good. Like we don't always need a witness, right? Because he's there. <laughs> that like the, you know, I heard somebody say the other day, you know, wherever you are, it's not just you there, right? It's you're there with the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? They're all there with you. You're never by yourself, right? But sometimes we need to go through those things, you know, with them before you know we're ready to talk about them or ready to share with other people, right? And it's mm-hmm. like. Um, and I think that that in, in that regard, healing, um, like the inner healing and the therapy, you know, go hand in hand. Right. Um, you know, because, you know, I, I think that they're, you know, they're helpful. Right. Like like we mentioned earlier, it takes a person of understanding to draw out the counsel that's within us. Right. And it's like um, everybody's not prepared to handle our grief or, or our, our sadness or our pain or whatever it is we're going through. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes, you know, we do have to go back to that place of intimacy and let him, you know, the great physician go to it. I see it like, like surgery. Oh yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. Wow. Abby, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing such a deep and intimate part of your life with us and uh, you know, helping us see grief in a different light and also just uh seeing our relationship and intimacy with the lord as um essential to our walk in our journeys right and the feeling of things right the permission to feel the permission to grieve the permission to everything right to be in the experience and to be present with it right instead of fleeing um, you gave some great wisdom on asking for help, mm-hmm. asking for help and what that looks like. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes we, we don't ask for help, but sometimes we think I prayed it off, you know, it's already prayed about it. Um, but you know, there's, there's just so much more to that. And it like, it is already done, but we have to walk the process out to really experience it. Uh, and to say we're healed, you know what I mean? Um, so before we go, can you tell us where people can find you, what it is that you're doing now? I know that you have a community for, uh, grievers. So share a little bit about that and where people can find you. Yeah. So, you know, I do want to say this, like, you know, just my last stop. It's you healing happens the moment that you decide it's for you. You do Mm -hmm. not need to heal to share it to the whole world. Yeah. That's you can good. just heal for yourself. You know, you could yeah. just heal for yourself. You can heal just for you and that it's okay. A lot of the times we think that, you know, we need to do this because I need to help X, Y, and Z person. Yeah. 
and we tend to go because I say I say we because I do that too, you know. But <laughs> it's, just, it's God coming into that place and just letting us understand that it's for ourselves. And what we do with our heal version of us is just a byproduct of that healing that He did for Come us. On. Come it's on. just a byproduct. That's what it yeah. is. That's what it is, you know. And I'm still healing. I'm still learning. I'm still gathering every single pieces. I'm still planting. I'm still doing all the things. And something that, you know, like uh, last year, God put. Yes, Daryl. Amen. Um, yeah, you know, something that God really put in my heart last year, it was just that desire that I had in my heart mm -hmm. for community. And he just gave me the, he just gave me the green light to go and create something that I was like, it was crazy because I'm washing clothes and God is giving me all these downloads. And I was like, I was like, God, what if nobody shows up? He was just like, well, it'll just be me and you in the room. And <laughs> Come <on. laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, like out of obedience. So I had like, um, you know, like I have a growing, like I have a community. I call us growing with love because that's what it happened to me. I needed to be in that place of love to grow. So, um, you know, it's growing with love. You can find me on Instagram. I want to say it's growing with love underscore. Oh, thank you, Maria. Because <laughs> I'm, there, I'm sharing there. And once a month we do me, uh, grief needs to be witnessed. Grief needs to be witnessed either by you, well, by you, first of all, and it needs to be <laughs> by those around you. So something that I do is I do a small, like, little reflection, and then after that, we just have a conversation. We just talk to one another where we are in grief, and then I, oh, Alexa, can you turn on the light? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then, <laughs> go to sleep and then from there you know we just from that place from that from there we just go and we I something I like to always do is make sure that we're okay before we leave but mm -hmm. once a month we meet we do grief we talk to each other we grow together and now I'm just growing my community I wish I can tell you what it's gonna look like I can't i'm just showing up when god how god tells me to show up i'm just being myself and i'm enjoying it and i'm just learning and growing there so follow me there we will talk more about grief if you need help if you need resources if you need you know all, whatever you may need to help you better walk this place on grief you can message me and i'll be more than happy to provide resources for you Wow. Thank you so much um, for making yourself available for that and, and being obedient. And, you know, that's so good. And he said, I'll, it'll be just me and you then, you know, but you know, you know, people will show up. And um, I think the more comfortable we get about talking about those uncomfortable things, mm -hmm. um, the more people, you know, will show up and talk about it. Um, like we said at the beginning of, of uh, the recording or the live, it's not always the loss of, of a loved one. You know, sometimes it's, I mean, I don't know, but for me, I, I experienced it last year when, uh, and the year before that, you know, when I had to leave my church and find a new church. Right. Um, you know, that was, I didn't realize it till now, you know, that I was actually grieving the loss of those relationships and the loss of what, 
you know, I saw myself doing there, right? Or, you know, the, you know, we, we stay connected, but everybody's not, does not continue, you know, to follow you or, you know, unfortunately that's the culture sometimes where it's like, they think that because you left the church, they can't talk to you anymore. So, you know, people start unfriending you or whatever. And so you, you're like, well, I guess we just can't be friends with them anymore because they just decided not to. Right. Um, and that in itself is grieving, right? Cause those are, and that's a, like, that's not just one relationship you lost. That's a lot of relationships that you lose at once. Right. And that also is, um, is a part of grieving is grieving, you know, your relationship with people, uh, you know, but God always brings other people around. Sometimes, uh, you know, people are just for a time, but we don't always know that, right. It's not always easy to just accept it. Like, okay, Lord, um, you know, so it is a process. And so I'm just glad that you, um, were obedient and that you opened this up to people. And, um, I'm just, I'm just in awe just of your journey and your strength and your courage to, to walk it out, you know, cause I have seen what grief can do to people. Like literally, um, um, I have seen somebody lose two very important people in their life back to back one month, then the, the following month, and then try to go right into work and right into ministry and right into like this whole uh, work. Right. And, and again, that's that escapism, you know, that's that, um, uh, the, the zoning into some other area to neglect this area because it's, it's painful. We don't know what to do with it. Um, but what does that do? Right. It, it just represses everything. It balls it up. It shoves it down inside of us. And, you know, later we're sick, you know, later mm -hmm. we're, we're in pain later we're our body is telling us that it's got some unprocessed things to deal with. And so I think what you're doing, the more awareness you bring to it um, and the more comfortable we are with talking about those uncomfortable things. Um, yeah. I think the better we'll be as a healthy body in the long run as a whole. So yeah. Any final thoughts you want to give us Abigail before we go? I know. Uh, any final thoughts is you're not alone. You're loved where you're at. You're perfect as you are and just lean into God he can hold that grief for you he can hold that space for you and if you don't have a community that you can be safe in search for a community wherever however it may be looking for you but search for a community that's going to be able to witness what you're feeling and you know remember you know, grab one or two scriptures from the Bible, scriptures from the Bible, uh, <laughs> but grab one or two and just repeat them to yourselves over and over and over and over because the word, the scripture, the word of God will give you strength, will give you hope, mm -hmm. will give you the love. And however life may look like, remember, it's not always going to be that way. It's just temporary. Mm -hmm. Come on. Things will pass. And I just really just, if you're in, this is speaking to that person who's just in that beginning, you, you are going to be okay. It may not feel like it right now. It may not look like it right now, but one day you'll be able to look back and say, Jesus, we made it. We're here. Come and just know that there's a restored version of you already. From the moment that hurt came in, restoration came in with it too, because God is restoration. And wherever he walks, restoration walks with him. 
Come on. So, so beautiful. Thank you so much, Abby. And thank you so much, all of you guys who were with us tonight, who were listening, who uh, interacted with us. We appreciate your presence. Please, if this message blessed you, um, please share it with somebody you love. Invite them to the group. Tag them in the comments. Um, in about a week or so, this uh, message will be um on the podcast, My Supernatural Vida, where you can find me on Spotify, Podbean, Google, Apple, everywhere, YouTube. Um, so you can watch the replay and, you know, share it with somebody. But what an amazing and beautiful testimony of God's uh, love, redemption, and and restoration. So thank you guys so much. You guys have a blessed night and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.